back to the Cinefessions podcast. This is episode 133. And tonight we have Mark Nadeau and I am Brandon Chowen. Mark, it has been so long, but it feels it, it, it's great to hear your sultry tones again. I don't remember how to do this. Do I talk in the mic? Is, can you test us? Hello, test us. Hello. Oh, man. Is anybody listening? Oh, oh, there you are. Okay, uh, yeah. Here we are. Uh, That's right. I, I wouldn't say I was stress eating tonight before the podcast because you know I had to dust up the cob <laughs> the cobwebs off my vocal cords because I haven't spoken right. since our last podcast to anybody. It's been actually quite yep. blissful. Um, but I. <laughs> I'm home alone tonight because Melissa's gone to a burlesque show. So, oh, okay. So today I'm thinking, what am I going to do for supper? Then I get a notification because I have the Domino's app on my phone because I'm a glutton. And it said, hey, <laughs> right now you get 50% off pizzas. So I wasn't in the mood for pizza. Oh. But since I'm getting a deal on it. At 50% off. 50% yeah. off, right? So I order uh, a large uh, pizza, pizza with uh, two mm -hmm. dipping sauces and a, uh, a volcano chocolate cake. And nice. uh, oh, I didn't get my dipping sauces and I tipped. I should have asked beforehand. So I was kind of miffed about that. Oh, yeah. But I yep. ate the whole large pizza within 20 minutes. Um, oh so, God, so, so I had to go make some room downstairs before coming up here and right. I'm feeling so disgusting right now that I had to take <laughs> off my shirt, put a tank top on because I felt that the sleeves were restricting my airflow to my, uh, to my brain. So, uh, oh. yeah, uh, <laughs> oh, fantastic. I, and I, you know, I've been eating so well and hitting the gym and I'm actually doing a beer marathon in October. Where I a beer marathon, yeah. Okay, go ahead, yeah. Explain. So it's eight kilometers, and there's six stops to drink uh, local oh, nice. brew pints. Yeah. So it's me, uh, a buddy from Montreal, and his wife, which I haven't met yet. Uh, we're we're okay. doing this in October, so I'm like, oh man, I better get my cardio going because uh, I'm gonna be huffing and puffing for the first beer. And I really man, so feel that way now after scarfing down a large. Now Domino's pizzas, they are paper thin. You know, mm -hmm. but uh, boy, do I feel gross right now. <laughs> still, still, the difference between you and me is you—you you go to the gym, so you actually work work that shit off. Yeah. Whereas me, I would just eat it and then just be fat on the couch for the rest of the night because that's that's how life goes. Well, but. it's been a bit of a struggle gym-wise, just because I've stopped going to the gym before my uh, day shifts. So I would oh, okay. get up at three in the morning, go to the gym for three thirty, and pump a workout out, you know, before work. Yeah. But then I'd be using my break first thing in the morning, so then I wouldn't have a break for the rest of the day, which made the days oh, unbearable. Yeah, that's right. So uh, now I remember you talking about that. Yeah, but now you know, I forcing myself to go to the gym after a twelve hour shift and still getting up at three thirty in the morning really mm -hmm. sucks. So uh, right. I did it yesterday, and I've kind of been kind of off on my uh, on my gym going just because of vacation, being out of town and stuff. Mm -hmm. So it's been a bit of a challenge, but once I'm there, I'm good. But it's just getting off that couch in an air-conditioned house when you're getting blasted by 35-degree weather as soon as you open the door. You just want to stay indoors, like you know? 100 degree Fahrenheit was non-Canadian listeners. Yeah, so... We, we looked this up before the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. A little conversion math there for you. But, That's right. Um, but yeah, so uh, yeah, I've been struggling, but now I got to work my way back to what I looked before I went on my vacation and, uh, <laughs> you know, pre-podcast break uh, form here. Because uh, I, I don't feel it right now, especially after eating that large pizza. <laughs> uh, 
Oh, man. How are you doing? Oh, that's all right. You sound great. So, oh, I mean, thanks. that's really what matters to me. Thanks. So, yeah. Well, I, I, <laughs> I'm doing really well. Thank you. Well, that's good. Yeah, I just got back from uh, vacation. Well, vacation. I was like off for like seven days or something. Six days, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, first day back to work always sucks. Uh, but you know how that goes. Yeah. But other than that, everything's going well. We had our baby shower this past weekend and had just tons and tons of shit. So, did I've, did you get the Maserati I sent you? I that I think uh, I got a letter saying that it was at the post office, so I'd have to get that tomorrow. I just didn't have time tonight, so I will grab that tomorrow. Thank uh, you. By the I, way, that was nice. I too. hope you like the color. I hey, we'll see. We'll see. You do have bad taste, so I don't know. But I'll the probably, worst. You know, I'll probably act like I like it either the, way. The so. worst taste. Right. <laughs> yeah. So tonight, uh, unfortunately, Ash uh, was not able to make it tonight, but he should be back next week. So uh, stay tuned for that. But uh, tonight we are kicking off our brand new arc, one that we are calling our Summer of Sequels 2018 arc. And we're going to be reviewing Jaws 2 from 1978. So if you missed our post on Instagram announcing this arc, let us let me just give you a quick reminder of the idea behind this one. So this four-episode, eight-week arc is simply us revisiting the world of some film franchises that we've discussed previously on the show. We talked about Jaws in episode 100. That was our live episode. Uh, so we are talking about Jaws 2 today. Next uh, episode, we're going to discuss the sequel to Dead Snow, which we covered back on episode 120, uh, Dead Snow 2, Red vs. Dead from 2014. The third episode of this arc will, it's not going to be a true sequel, but instead a remake of the film that we reviewed back on episode 71, the splatterfest fun that is uh, sure to be there, and the remake of Inside from 2016. And then finally, we're going to wrap up this arc by revisiting... One of my all-time favorite home invasion franchises with The Strangers Pray at Night from earlier this year in 2018, um, which is the sequel, of course, to The Strangers, which we reviewed back on episode 72. So lots of fun stuff coming your way this summer from us. Hopefully you guys are excited to dive back into these franchises. I know I am. So Yeah, I'm uh, just happy to announce that uh, yet again, we are Liv Taylor free for this arc. So you're welcome, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh man so much hate so much hate uh, not hate just so. just despise i just despise her <laughs> i don't hate her i just feel bad for her because she's so bad that's all yeah but she's got uh, she's got the trust fund plus she's got that's her right. own money i i don't feel I bad for her fine. i just dislike her exactly <laughs> she ruined armageddon oh man oh that's for another podcast it is it is so before we dive into all this, though, let's talk about how you can find us on social media. You can find us at Cinefessions on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook. You can email us at contact at Cinefessions.com. And you can also leave us a voicemail if you want to be part of an upcoming show at 1-302-448-TALK. That's 1-302-448-8255. You can also check out our long list of past media reviews and all 133 podcast episodes right on over at cinefessions.com. Also, if you're a fan of the show, please do us a huge favor and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Those Apple Podcast reviews are essential to helping us grow, so thank you for leaving your review there or anywhere else that you might be listening to the show. We really appreciate that. And as always, please, if you do like what you're hearing, let your friends know about the show. The more people that know about us, the more people that can tune in uh, when we post episodes. So 
Uh, thank you for one, leaving reviews and two, telling your friends about the show. We really appreciate that from you guys. All right. So we have about, uh, this isn't really a, a week in media. This is about a month or so in media. Yeah. Obviously we can't possibly cover everything, <laughs> no. um, but, uh, let's, let's dive in here. If, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll jump in and go first if that's cool with you. Should we go back and forth depending on the media we speak of, like going to the theater? Oh, or, sure. I think maybe it's a pass, you know, so we don't talk a whole solid hour each and then, <laughs> then yeah, just do. Sure. Okay. You, uh, you can Absolutely. lead, lead the way. So son. we might have. Yeah, we might have different media oh, things sure. to talk about, and that's totally fine. Um, let me st- – I'll start – I'll jump in with films because mm-hmm. I feel like we'll both have something to talk about there. Uh, so I watched a, – not a ton, um, especially in the amount of time that we did. I watched most of them like in like the couple weeks after we stopped recording. We took our break. Yeah. Uh, and so it's been a while since I've seen some of these. But uh, the first one I ended up watching was The Boy from 2016. This is actually a rewatch. I watched this one in theaters when it came out. Uh, back in January 2016. I think it was January 2016. And um, I really liked it in theaters. Uh, I think I gave it like a 3.5 when I first saw it. Uh, watching it again, it really holds up. Even obviously they're, you know, they're even knowing what happens and how this film goes. I thought it held up really, really quite well. Um, I still gave it three stars. William Brent Bell directs this one. And I, I just enjoy this movie. It's genuinely unsettling at points. Uh, and just the whole idea behind it just works for me. Um, and the, the lead actress in it, who is from, um, uh, I know her from The Walking Dead is where I've seen her prior to this. Yeah. Um, uh, but it's, uh, Lauren, Lauren Cohen, I believe. Yeah. yeah Lauren I think Cohen. you're right. Yeah. She is, she's just drop dead gorgeous. Um, so that helps, obviously. But, uh, she's excellent in this. She does such a great job. Um, and then Rupert Evans kind of is her, you know, the, the second, the leading actor uh, to her leading actress role. And uh, he he's fantastic in this as well. So I just really like their chemistry together. Uh, the story works for me. Um, I, I just enjoy this movie. So again, I gave it three stars. I really like this one. Have you seen The Boy? I think you have. I did. Yeah, I saw it in theaters. Okay. What did you, what did you think of it when you saw it? Do you remember? Just okay. I wasn't uh, okay. infatuated by it. Yeah. Yeah, I gave it three stars on you know our four-star rating. I gave it seven on IMDb. So I mean, a, a strict good um, you know, I, I enjoyed it for what, for what it is. I think it's a fun one. Yeah, if you want a um, better take on that type of film, there is yeah, a, a New Zealand movie. I'm trying to think okay, right yeah. now what it's called. I'm drawing a complete blank yep. right now, so I'll get back to it. I'm going to try to find an IMDb. Yeah, and I think it's I think it's one word also. House house housekeeping house house guest house is it house, is it house guest. House shit, something uh, like that. Yeah, house. Fuck. Okay, uh, you know I own it, so let me check my collection here. But yeah, it's a New Zealand film, and it's got a similar, similar, I guess, theme to it. It does say. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, house. house guest, I, don't think. I mean, now I got to spell house. Qu- okay, come on, thumbs. Man, I can't remember, but I know exactly what you're talking because people have told me if you like this one, check out. Yeah, this one. and I'm but. scrolling. Uh, scrolling. Housebound. That's it. Housebound. Yes. yes, thank you. And okay. that is from 2014. It's a New Zealand horror comedy. Um, I've only seen it the one time, but I loved it. Yeah. Yeah, I really liked it a lot. Yeah, that's one I'll have to check out. And I think I saw it just before The Boy or just after, but there were, there were close viewings, and uh, yeah. I liked Housebound so much more. Okay. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, next up on my list was, um, I think this is one that you talked about. Um, and my feelings, I feel like we're kind of similar, um, but it's on Netflix right now. The Open House from 2018. 
Uh, so this is a home Open invasion house. film. No, I'm not familiar um, with it. You'll know it. No, I think you... I'm pretty sure you remember once I talk about it. Okay. Uh, so this... Um, there's like the the mom and the boy. Uh, the the father dies in the opening like five minutes of it, and the mom's struggling, and so they move into this house that I think it's owned by her sister or something, and they have to like their only cave- caveat is that every Sunday or whatever day of the week it is, they have to um, somebody has to uh, they have to leave the house so that they can show it because they're trying to sell it. It's like their their mountain house or whatever, um, and maybe you maybe you're maybe I'm wrong thinking that you saw it, but for some reason I thought you talked about it in had kind of mediocre thoughts on no, it. No, never saw it, but I'm going to add it to my list right now. Okay. Honestly, uh, not very good. Oh, I gave it one and a half out of four stars. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I, it's, it's not that it's terrible by any stretch. It's just, it, 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 it's not, <laughs> I, I don't want to talk too much about it because if you say anything, you know, you're going to give spoilers. And so I don't want to do that. Yeah. But it's just, it's lacking in its home invasion ways, I guess. Okay. Um, it kind of feels like, you know, it, it kind of feels like it has like a stranger's vibe to it, you know, but it just doesn't, it kind of goes too far in one direction as in, and you just, you don't get a lot of um, answers, I guess, which is, is fine. But the way it's presented, it, it left the little bad taste in my mouth. Okay. Um, I, I didn't love this one at all. I didn't like it that much. I gave it, you know, uh, one and a half out of four stars. Um, I think. Uh, Dylan Minnette is the the lead actor, and I think he does a pretty good job. Um, I recognize him. Oh, for, he's he's in Don't Breathe. He plays Alex in Don't Breathe. That's how I've seen him most recently. Okay, um, but I feel like he was like a young actor. To, like I feel like I recognize him from when he was younger, but I can't find, think of anything offhand. Uh, so that one is on Netflix again. Home invasion film, but kind of below par, I'd say on that one. <laughs> Um, another one I watched, uh, talk about real quick, it was stupid. It was just like this documentary about, uh, it's called Invasion on Chestnut Ridge from 2017. Uh, it was on Amazon Instant uh, for free. And I gave this one one and a half stars. Also, it was basically a documentary about this area in West Virginia that has like um, different sightings of like weird creatures and, and just weird things happen there. Um, it all seemed like hogwash to me, uh, but the people that they were, you know, interviewing seemed to really believe what was going on there. I, I uh, got, not I that got interesting. a question. Yeah. So in West Virginia, are there yes. any country homes that would take me home? <laughs> that is the state song, man. <laughs> I remember my first West Virginia football game. I didn't know the words to it. And I got like bitched out by all the students because <laughs> I didn't know the words. Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. So that's a state song. But yes, plenty of, plenty of that. So. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, so another quick one. I watched uh, Trolls from 2016. You're not going to like it. A lot of people listening to this podcast aren't going to like it. That's fine. It, it's just an animated movie, uh, musical. Justin Timberlake stars in it. And um, what's her name from Pitch Perfect, who is uh, Anna, not Anna Paquin, uh, Anna Kendrick. Uh, I think I, I really like it. It's fun. Uh, I like the music in it. It is what it is. I have a question. Um, I rewatched. Yes. Are you watching these ahead of time so that you know what you're showing your kid? Or do you legit <laughs> like this shit? I'm just asking for a friend. Oh, man. Well, so Bridget loves these. Okay. And so when we want to watch movies together, she's not watching horror movies anymore. Yeah. Because uh, of her anxiety and everything. And so we tend to watch stuff like that. So a uh, question. So, Were you yeah. watching Trolls and trying to induce labor at the same time? Because that's sick. <laughs> that's fucking sick, dude. <laughs> that's fucking sick, dude. That's GT. You don't do it during a GT oh. movie. 
Oh, man. Again, I'm asking for Ash. No. He's texting me these questions. Right. <laughs> oh, God. No, it'd be too early for that. But, man, that <laughs> shit is coming up fast, man. Yeah, it's buddy. 31 weeks tomorrow. It's like, geez, oh, Pete, where did the time go? Wow. Anyway, which means only six weeks away from when she could deliver. So, Ooh, crazy. it's crazy. Anyway, yeah. Another rewatch was Forgetting Sarah Marshall from 2008. I forgot how much I love this movie, but I think it is just fucking hilarious. Uh, I, I, you know, I love all these. Um, I, I, Jason Segal, Chris. I mean, like, I just love the cast on this one. Paul yeah. Rudd, fucking uh, Russell Brand, I think is hilarious in this, and uh, Mila Kunis is just <laughs> stunning. Um, this one's directed by Nicholas Stoller, um, and I think he. Yeah, like he was a writer on the Muppets, the newer one, which I love. Okay, um, I don't know. I just that makes I sense. Enjoy those. I, well, J- Jason Segel soul was in the first Muppets movie, right? Yep, exactly. Yeah, and I think it part it had the piece in the script or something. I, I think he wrote the script too, or helped piece it together. For oh yeah, for forgetting Sarah Marshall. Uh, no, for the Muppets movie, like he's so into I Muppets. Think he did both actually. Yeah, isn't in Sarah Marshall the one where he's got that Dracula puppet? theater yes ah, okay yeah 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 okay that makes sense he did both yeah he was writer on muppets and on forgetting sarah marshall so yeah you're 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 right on but why do i know this why do i have this in my mind there's <laughs> right no, no reason impressive is it though um yeah. i think so housebound so i've yeah exactly so watching i've been i'll talk about this a little bit later but i've been doing a lot of reading well uh, audiobook listening basically but what's the difference um and uh so i finally wanted to dive back into the harry potter movies that i've seen now that I've, I've read through the first couple uh and so we ended up watching sorcerer stone and chamber of secrets i love both of those i've seen both of these obviously uh there's some of bridget's favorite series she fucking quotes the damn thing the whole time it's annoying as hell um but Still enjoyable. Absolutely love those. Um, I rewatched The Burbs from 1989. Oh, very nice. And let me tell you, the first time I watched this, I've always seen parts of it before. And then I recently watched it maybe two years ago, three years ago for the first time, like full. Yeah. And I thought it was fine. I didn't love it. I don't know what the hell I was smoking then because I watched it again. And this movie is absolutely fucking awesome. Like it is one of my favorite 80s comedies. Uh, it is just fantastic. I think Tom Hanks is so fucking good in it. And then, um, I forget the guy's name, but his like, uh, neighbor who just eats constantly. Yes. Is cracking me up. Um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Corey Feldman. Corey Feldman is there. hilarious in it. Bruce I mean, Dern like, is awesome. I, yeah. Like, it's just such a great, oh, a fucking, uh, uh, Carrie Fisher yeah. is in it. I mean, it's just, it's such a fantastic movie and it is so goddamn funny. I was dying the entire time. We put it on late at night one night before work and just expecting to fall asleep to it, but I couldn't. Like I had to stay up for the whole thing. It was it was fantastic. I uh, gave that one three and a half stars. Absolutely loved it. So glad I watched it again. No. Just kind of on a whim. Did you watch the uh, Shout Factory release or the uh, just regular Blu-ray that came out uh, a while back? Actually, this was on Hulu. Oh, okay. Is where I watched it. Okay. Yeah. So oh. and it looked like an HD stream of it. I don't know exactly what it was, but it was good good quality. So, so his neighbor art, it's Rick Ducumin. Okay, yes. Yeah. And, like, oh god, you, he's so funny. You'll recognize so him from so many different places. He was he yeah. was in this show, this kid show called uh uh Zigzag. It's a kids Canadian show back in the day. Mm. And he he did a sketch okay. with another big guy called uh Bart, so he was like Biff and Bart. 
Okay. Silly. I, I don't want to get into it now because like I'm just I'm just remembering this and I'm like I gotta yeah. I gotta find this on YouTube. But uh, yeah, he <laughs> passed away back in 2015. He was only 62 years old. Oh wow! But, I didn't uh, that he passed. Okay. Yeah, but he is a, he's one of those guys that you'll see his face and you're like oh that guy, mm-hmm. but you don't know who that guy is. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly right. Okay. I know. As soon as I'm like, I know him, which I've, I've seen the film before, but the first time I saw, it, I was like, oh, I, I, that is a very recognizable face. Oh, it's, but, a, yeah. it's a fantastic Joe Dante movie. Yeah, it really is. Uh, and then the last one uh, I watched was from 2009. And this was a film that I've heard about so often, kind of as like a, a hidden gem, if you will, or just an underrated uh, an underrated gem. And it is uh, Carriers, like I said, from 2009. Carriers. Um, and this is with, uh, it has Chris Pine, who stars in it. Um, Piper Perabo. Along with like Emily Van Camp and Piper Parabo. I don't know what, I know Emily Van Camp and Chris Pine. I'm not sure who the other two people are. Uh, Lou Taylor Pucci is the other one. Well, Piper Parabo um, was in uh, Coyote Ugly. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, this one, yeah, it's, so it's basically like these four friends that it's this, this, uh, this pandemic has swept across the country and it's, you know, kind of post-apocalyptic um, or apocalyptic, I guess. Uh, and um, they're just basically trying to get to this like summer home that the two, the two male characters are brothers um, that they visited when they were young because they think it might be safe there. Uh, and so just there, it's basically a road trip of them getting across the country. And um, it's pretty damn good. Uh, it's not... I gave it two and a half stars, two and a half out of four. Uh, I, definitely worth your time. And it's actually free right now if you are on Amazon Prime Video. Uh, so I would definitely recommend it. It it slows down a little bit. Um, and it's very familiar. It doesn't do a lot of new. But keep in mind, this is you know from eight years ago now. So, I mean, it may have been a little more fresh when it came out. But uh, it, it feels, like I said, just it feels a little familiar, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. But... Uh, I, I feel like I didn't, um, I didn't get to appreciate it. You no, know, kind of it, maybe 2009, 2010, I would have appreciated it more than I do now. Uh, but still I, I enjoyed it. I liked it. I get, like I said, two and a half out of four, uh, would definitely recommend it. And, uh, like I said, it's free on Amazon, um, instant if you are a, uh, if you have prime. So would definitely recommend that one. I can, I can see why it's been talked up so much. Cool. Yeah. So what about you? What about you film wise? Well, since our last podcast, which we recorded on the 31st of May, I have watched 31 movies. So I will not discuss wow. 31 films. Um, right. I have been posting uh, my Kino Lorber uh, reviews. Yeah. Uh, review number 26 will be posted uh, either Sunday or Monday. So I'm officially, because I've seen it and I've already written it, I'm halfway done that challenge. Awesome. Yeah, so with our time off here, I was able to catch up a bit, which is kind of nice. Um, so I'm just going to go through films that um, I've given four stars or more. So out of five stars on Letterboxd, just because, okay. again, uh, way too many films. And I'll be brief okay. on them. Um, so I guess the first one since we, wrote, since we recorded, uh, I saw Roadhouse. Um, that was back on the third, first oh, of you know May. Did, did I talk about that yeah, one already? Yeah, I remember you talking about that. Yep. Well, fuck, when was the last you, time we did a uh, podcast? Oh, I, I don't know, but I remember you talking about that. It may have been that you were about to post about it or something. Uh, I don't maybe. know, but I know you watched Let it. Let me go back on yeah. the calendar here. Okay, July 10. That's today. See, oh, we recorded on the 31st. Oh, well, fuck me. Okay, never mind. So, I guess the first one, did I talk about Action Point? Do you recall? No, I don't remember that one. Okay, because that's on the June 6th. Um, oh, that was, okay, well, since I started, okay. Action Point's the last one that came out with um, Johnny Knoxville, where it's kind of 
jackassy where he Knoxville plays the owner of Action Point, which is like a really shitty uh, amusement park, which apparently is based off a legit amusement park back in uh, New Jersey. And apparently it was known for being so unsafe and shit. So Knoxville plays the owner and to drum a business, he takes off all the safeties off all the rides and makes it very dangerous. So there's jackass style stunts within the film. Um, okay. But it's pretty bad. Like it, I was so Uh-oh. disappointed because I love bad grandpa. Uh, not expecting what yeah, I saw. That was but fucking hilarious. It's whole, it's it's fantastic. This one isn't. I give it like one and a half stars out of five. So, oh, man. yeah, I was very bummed out. But uh, you know, I, I've got that Cinemia card still, and I need to use my three films within a certain time frame. If not, uh, you know, I lose them. So, some movies I saw in the theaters where I wouldn't usually see, but since it was free, whatever. Um, so I'll, I'll skim through the four and a half out of five here. Um, I saw Jumanji: Back to the Jungle. Or pardon me, Welcome oh, to the Jungle. Yes. Uh, that was really good. I really enjoyed oh, that glad one. Glad you liked it. Yeah, I'm not the biggest Kevin Hart fan. Oh uh, no, I love I, him. I don't like him. Um, he's too short yeah. for me. He's just too short. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I, I thought he played this role really well. Um, mm-hmm. oh, what's her name? Uh, from uh, Karen Gillian. Oh, yeah, I have a crush on God her. Damn, she is oh, very absolutely. cute. Uh, I like, I like her in almost everything I've seen her in. Uh, from mm-hmm. Doctor Who to uh, uh, to Guardians, uh, I loved her in Oculus, and again, she's yes. great in this. Um, yeah, so I really dug that one. So I get on four and a half out of five. Pardon me. Ah, fuck. I get on with three and a half stars. <laughs> okay, awesome. I am breaking my own rules. So, uh, <laughs> well, fuck it. Um, I saw. Well, horror wise, I saw a movie called Hereditary. The A twenty four film with um with Tony, oh, hereditary yeah, yeah yeah hereditary with Tony Collette and with um, uh, Gabriel Byrne. Uh, I thought it was really good. I thought it was super creepy. Um, they kind of tie a bow at the end and explain to you exactly what happened. Uh, mm-hmm. Melissa hates it when films do that. I mm-hmm. like it because I get so caught up that I lose all logic and uh, I believe any major plot holes um, that pass me by. So I don't mind the, <laughs> hey, this is why we did this at the end because I'm partially, right. uh, I'm, I'm special. I'm special. Um, <laughs> and Melissa is beyond smart. So she hated it right. or she hated the end. Uh, I like the whole film. Uh, I think it's worth checking out. If it's still playing somewhere, support it. It's really good. Um, of course, the film was lumped in this whole, I guess, Vice article. Is this a scary movie or is this a really uh, scary drama? Like, is it a horror movie or is it a scary drama? It's a fucking horror movie. Horror movies don't have to be all slasher films. This was awesome. Um, a Quiet Place is awesome. Horror flicks are going through another renaissance right now, which I'm okay with. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so that was uh, that was pretty awesome. I give that three and a half out of five. Um Next night on Shudder, I was surprised by this film. I watched Dude Bro Party Massacre 3. Okay. Fuck, that was funny. I've I, heard of that one, yeah. actually. Yeah. It's low budge. It's like an 80s sequel to a horror movie that never existed. You know, I don't think mm-hmm. there's a Dude, a dude Bro 1 or 2. Uh, but right. it has that, you know, killer recap at the beginning. Um, it, awesome. It's really good. It, it's a hoot to watch. Um, it'd probably be a lot more fun with beers. I was not drinking beers watching this, but uh, if you have a, a horror buddy and some beers, it'd be even funnier. 
Um, I liked it a lot. I give that three and a half out of five. Um, I'll just go horror here. Uh, Downrange is another Shutter exclusive that I saw about uh, six college-ish uh, kids driving to, I think, L.A. or somewhere in California. They're doing like a ride share, so they're all pitching in for gas. Uh, somebody shoots out a tire, and these kids are then pinned down by this unknown sniper. Um, it's okay. Wasn't bad. Had some pretty good gore. Uh, didn't blow me away, but I thought it was pretty decent anyway. So I gave that three out of five. Okay. On Netflix. Oh, I, let me click on this film here. Uh, I saw a movie called Small Town Crime. And uh, it stars uh, the guy who's in everything, but you don't know his name. Uh, John Hawks. He was the... Uh, rest, not restaurant, but like at the beginning of Kill Bill, when uh, Parks comes in, the sheriff, uh, Michael Parks, he goes into this convenience store, and there's a convenience store attendant, and he's shooting the shit with this with the attendant. Um, oh, is that Kill Bill or is that fucking Kill Dust Bill? Till Dawn? Oh, I'm not sure now. Man, I don't. Fuck, I don't recall that. I don't know anymore. Son of a bitch. Hmm. So, isn't no? It is. It is. That's still done, because oh, the cop okay. gets shot. He gets shot as well. Um, anyways, like he's in a, a bunch of movies. He's in Everest. He's in Winter's Bone. Uh, three billboards outside of Ebbing, Missouri, which I need to pick up. Um, he was in. I still know what you did last summer. <laughs> he's in Steel. But uh, if you see his face or recognize him, he's been playing a lot of uh, detectives in these in the recent films I've seen him in. Um, but so this movie is small town crime. He is an ex-cop who's an alcoholic, has nothing to live for, and uh, but he uh, finds a girl left on the side of the road, and she dies, and he wants to redeem himself, hopefully get back in the good graces of the police, by mimicking to become a uh, private investigator and investigating this death. It is okay. so fucking good. It's on Netflix right now. It's It's a short film. It's like 90 minutes long. It is worth your time. I gave that five out of five stars. It's awesome. one of my favorite films so far this year. It's really good. I don't know if it's a Netflix exclusive or not, but uh, it's a fantastic film. Uh, and say the title of that one again. Small Town Crime. Okay. Yeah. Uh, let me just see what year this is. This is uh, 2017. So it's it's pretty damn recent. Um, so awesome. totally worth it. Um, I saw Solo, a Star Wars story. Okay. I went in not excited to see the film. Um, Everybody's bashing online. I saw it a few weeks after it got released in the theaters. Again, going to see it because I have the free time and it's a free film. And I ended up loving it. I thought it was great. People nitpicking and criticizing the film. I don't think they enjoy watching movies anymore because I thought this was a hoot to watch. Um, mm. The guy who plays uh, Solo was great. He had some mannerisms but didn't mimic Harrison Ford. Um, okay. uh, Woody Helson is awesome in it. Uh, the droid again, there's another sassy droid like there was in Rogue One. There's a sassy droid okay. in this one as well. Um, awesome. Uh, what's her name from uh, from Game of Thrones who played uh, who played Amelia Clark? She's in it as well. Donald Glover was awesome as uh, as uh, uh, Lando Carizian. Um, who was the bad guy in this? The guy from uh, Paul Bettany. 
awesome as the villain of the film. It was really good. I gave that four and a half out of five stars. Like, it surprised the hell out of me. You know when you go into a film awesome. and you expect nothing and then you're like, holy fuck, right. that was awesome? Yeah. <laughs> That's one of them. Cool. Uh, let me see what else quickly here because I don't want to waste too much time. Uh, I watched a whole bunch of films uh, on my Netflix queue while I was uh, flying to BC and back. And uh, a few of them really stuck with me that I liked a lot. One was called Force Majeure uh, from 2014. I believe it's a Swedish film. Let's see if that gives me a... I don't remember the actual language it was in. Um, Yeah, it's... Okay, it's about a Swedish family. So let's go with Swedish. And uh, so it's about this family that they're skiing in the Alps on on a vacation. And... At the ski resort, I guess they do uh, uh, detonations, you know, for for snowfall, like that. That's controlled, and I guess one happened close to a restaurant where this family was eating, and uh, the snow is coming, so everybody starts panicking. So it's a family of four, you know, mother, father, two kids. Pardon me. And the snow's coming, and the father just gets up and bolts away, leaving his wife and two kids. Uh, oh yeah, you know with the snow. About that on Twitter. Yeah, um, I want to see that. So this is a relationship film uh, because mm-hmm. the relationship changes after that event. It's fucking heart wrenching. It's it's sad, but it's it's mm. so good though. It's a fantastic film. Uh, I give that four out of five stars. I don't want to go too far into uh, details because part yeah. of the fun is discovering, right? Um, so I saw Force Majeure, which is really good. Um, oh, I saw Incredibles 2. Okay. Um, blew me away. I was hoping to see Incredibles 1 before, like to rewatch it. Didn't get a chance to. Uh, but Incredibles 2 was fantastic. Even if you haven't seen the original since it came out in theaters, you don't have to. It picks up and you're back in the story and it's great. I really enjoyed it. I gave that four and a half out of five stars. Good. Um, because we're talking about uh, recent films, I went to see the, the first Purge. Oh, yeah. It was just okay. Um, okay. I think it's the weakest out of the four so far. I gave it two and a half trailer, out of five stars. I think the trailer is like the strongest trailer out of all of them. I love oh, the trailer. Possibly. I haven't seen it yeah. yet, but I love the trailer. It, it wasn't bad. It just didn't blow me away. It's like nothing new, you know? Um, mm-hmm. th- there's a lot of things they can do with this franchise that they seem to be like recycling the same story over and over again. Um, yeah. So, you know, this one, you know... They're testing the purge for the first time in like a minority neighborhood. So, of course, okay. you know, shenanigans happen, whatever. Um, right. It, it was good. It wasn't great. Am I going to buy it? Yeah. But uh, it was my least favorite out of the out of the series. Um, okay. Ocean 8. Awesome. Loved it. Uh, good. But again, I'm a sucker for a good heist film. So, I gave that four and a half out of five. Um, That's the all-female led Ocean's 8, right? Yes. Yes. Okay, very good. Um, I saw Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. I went to the drive-in this weekend. Okay. I saw a double feature. So I first watched Jurassic World. Uh, I guess with Jurassic World 2. I liked it more than one. I rewatched one before I saw two. And uh, mm-hmm. I was kind of disappointed with one. I, looking back at my rating, I'd given it three and a half out of five stars. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, my, my rating didn't change. It didn't get any better. It kind of looked a little worse for me. The CGI on my big screen when I'm, you know, watching didn't really hold up as well. Um, But uh, Fallen Kingdom, Jurassic Park 2, or World 2, I should say, um, I really liked it a lot. I thought it was really good. Uh, Action was good. 
Um, it goes to the same tropes of these Jurassic Park movies, though. So it's not exactly a carbon copy of previous films, but it's a mix of two, three, and uh, yeah, it's a mix of two and three with a smidge of four in it. Um, so I give that four out of five stars. Um, last one I'll talk about. Well, I'll talk about two. Well, I'll briefly mention I uh, for my twenty-sixth film in the Kino Lober Challenge. I rewatched the taking of Pelham one, two, three, the original, oh, the original. Oh, yeah. God, with yeah. Walter Matthau. Greatest scripts ever written. Oh my God. Again. And being a dispatcher, I really felt strong with the material. Oh, it, yeah. it blew me away. I've seen p- bits and pieces before, uh, but I never fully watched the film in one sitting. And yeah, I gave that five stars. It was fucking awesome. I loved it. Yeah. Um, last one I'll talk about. Like I said, the, just the script on that one oh. is, is probably the best script I've ever seen. Like it, it's, it brilliant. is solid. It's a solid film. And again, it's a Kino Lober classic. You can get it for cheap when uh, their sales come up. So for those mm-hmm. that uh, are now buying Kino Lober things to moi, you're welcome. And uh, pick that <laughs> one up. That one is one of their solid films that they've released because uh, I've watched a lot of not so solid films. That one is solid. And the last one I'll talk about, um, I'm so happy I saw it because it was not playing anywhere in Canada near me. I saw mm-hmm. Upgrade by James Wan. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's the one where the guy gets killed and then uh, gets uh, some AI implanted in him to, you know, to get uh, revenge on the killers. Fucking yeah. fantastic. I loved it. Gave it five stars. Um, it stars the guy that was in the, in, uh, the Invitation who looks a lot like uh, uh, like Tom Hardy, but it's not Tom Hardy. I'm just pulling up his name right now here. Uh, uh, Logan Marshall Green. He is, apart from his voice, he looks just like Tom Hardy. Um, he was great in it. I loved it. The action scenes were awesome. Um, I wish it was more gore. There wasn't enough gore for my taste. But uh, okay, yeah, uh, I gave it five stars. I it was right up my alley. I love the biomechanical yeah. body horror films, and this this suited me just fine. Again, the story kind of wraps itself nicely in the bow at the end. Melissa didn't mm-hmm. like that as much. I yeah. had no problems with it. Um, but yeah, that's that's all for me for movies that I'll talk about tonight. Awesome, and I guess I'll, I'll jump in real quick with um, sure. uh, television. I only watched one real notable TV series. Like obviously, I'm always watching like sitcoms and and like Bob's Burgers and shit like that. But like of note, I watched um, the the Staircase, which is now on Netflix. Obviously, if you've been listening to the show for any amount of time, you know that I'm generally obsessed with like docu series. Um, and I've been on a real kick on uh, with them with Netflix this year because they've been in the past year or so uh, because they've had so many good ones. Um, and they finally released uh, The Staircase, which has, it came out originally in like t- 2004, I think it said. Um, but I think they I think there are three new episodes that um, are in this release of it now on Netflix. So it's kind of like the updating updating of what happened. Um, and this is another uh, true crime docuseries. Um, it, it, this man's, uh, he's a writer. Um, and that's how he has his money. Um, he's a wealthy man from, oh, geez, what's, where, where is it? I can't remember. South Carolina somewhere, North Carolina. I can't remember. I think it's somewhere down that way. Uh, and he, his wife uh, dies one night. Uh, he's the only one home. Um, and he claims that she fell down the stairs. The state says that he killed her. Uh, and so 
it's basically a did he do it or did he not? Um, I have my opinion, and um, it's very much in the vein of making a murderer. If you watch that one, very you know kind of similar ideas there, uh, which obviously this came much before making a murderer, but. It's kind of gaining more notoriety now because it was released again on Netflix. So people are watching it and kind of taking it up again. Um, and then the new information that's presented, um, it's, it's just, it's fascinating. I love true crime, as I always say. Uh, and this one is just juicy and filled with interesting things. Um, and, and there's even as, as well put together, I think, as the documentary is, it's very one sided. I will admit that. Um, but. Uh, even so, there are some interesting theories outside of the documentary that are presented. Um, one of them is including the owl theory, which I won't talk about, but, um, you know, cause if you want to watch the show, I don't want to give any spoilers or anything, uh, even though it obviously is a true crime, but Hey, I didn't know what happened when I went into it and I like that about it. So maybe others will as well. Um, but look up the owl theory after you watch the series, cause that okay. was fascinating as fuck. Um, but the, another four star docuseries on Netflix. I mean, it's just, I fucking love these. Um, and these are long, like not long, but like 45 to, to 60 minute episodes. Um, there were 13 of them. And I think I, I devoured this in like two or three sittings. Um, I just, I get hooked on these so easily and do, don't want to stop. Uh, and this was just in that same, you know, it, it was the same way. I was hooked on it, didn't want to stop. Only reason I had to stop is because I had to go to bed because I worked the next day. Um, <laughs> but um, it, it's just, it's so great, so fascinating. Um, and just makes you, it's just another critical look at the, um, not not critical, but just another look at the American justice system um, and how it, and how it functions. Uh, and it's, it's fascinating. Um yeah, so definitely if you are at all interested in anything like that, I, I highly recommend it. And again, this is this was a very popular series from, uh, like I said, I think I said it came out 2004. So it's been very popular. It's one I've always wanted to watch for the past, I don't know how many years, um, but it popped up on Netflix and then people started talking about it. And so I was like, yeah, I need to, I need to finally dive into this one. And I'm, I'm very glad I did. Yeah, I got people at work that are uh, watching it and they're raving about it as well. So yeah, yeah true crime yeah. is in right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel honestly, I feel like making a murder and made true crime popular. Uh, you know what? I would agree with that. Yeah. And so that makes me happy because I've been fascinated by true crime since I stumbled upon my uh, one of my best friends in high school when I was friends with her. Her mother had a book on her table that was called My Father is the Black Dahlia Murderer. And so the Black Dahlia was like the first case that fascinated me, who was like a Hollywood scarlet back in the 19... 19- Oh, God, I forget. I want to say 50s, I think. It's been so long since I've read that. Um, but it was found murdered in just the most brutal and, and fucked up fashion, um, just in the middle of like the street corner. They find her body and it's just this famous unsolved mystery. And so that was like the first thing that got me. That's when I realized there was a true crime section at the at Barnes & Noble or Borders, wherever I was shopping at the time. Uh, and so I just bought so many books and it just fascinates me. But yeah, so I'd recommend that one. Um, but yeah, do you have any uh, any any television to talk about? Yeah, uh, off the top of my head, I can recall. Um, I finished Peaky Blinder season three after taking a okay. pretty long hiatus on it, just because I've been watching a lot of wrestling, which I'll get to. Um, yeah. So I finished season three of Peaky Blinders, and I loved it. Um, it makes me want to watch season four right away, but I thought I'd take a break from it. So now I've started season three of of uh, Toast of London, the Mad Berry comedy. 
Uh, and that's going to be a short, I think it's like six episodes in like 30 minutes each. So I'll get that done in a jiffy. Uh, but apart from okay. that, I have to think what else I watch TV wise. I don't mean Melissa, we're watching something. We're, we've started Luke Cage season two. And I think we're four episodes into that. But I'm trying to think what we were watching before. And uh, it doesn't come to me. So whatever. Um, but we were also watching some things here and there. Like on weekends. You know, we'll wake up, pour some coffee, and then like, watch some TV. Uh, so we started season two of Nailed It. Which is that uh, that cake show. You know, where they take pictures of cakes from like Pinterest. And you try to redo them. And it's a big, you know. Oh, really? Oh, it's hilarious. Um, okay. so it's on season two now, I think they're only like eight episode seasons, but if you're looking for something fun to watch with your wife, uh, not yeah. that I know what she likes because I've never met her before. Um, I've only <laughs> seen videos, uh, but I, uh, <laughs> what's, what's so funny? Um, but yeah, the nailed it is a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. Um, and it's funny. Like uh, the judges are hilarious. Like it's just, it's a fun show to watch in the morning. Um, we've also started, uh, because, uh, Lee league <laughs> weed is now legal in uh, Canada as of the 17th of October. Um, and oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, uh, happy it's on the ballot here in Michigan this November. So let's yeah, hope. every day is 420. <laughs> there you go. Um, so there is a show on Netflix that's just started as well. And it's a 50 minute episode. And it's a, it's a cooking competition where every dish has uh, weed in it. Nice. And it's what is it? Cooking high with weed or some stupid thing? I I don't know exactly what it's called. Okay. It, it's fun. It's kind of dumb because again, it's only fifteen minute episodes, mm-hmm. and they've got celebrity judges, which is nobody I've ever heard of before, except for like one uh, comedian actress. Um, okay. It's it's there. It's kind of it's dumb. But again, first thing in the morning, I'm, my brain isn't on until my second cup of coffee is going. So, you know, whatever. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we're watching like cooking shows on Netflix, which is kind of weird. Um, apart from that, TV-wise, well, I'll jump into wrestling because that's yeah, consumed a lot of my TV time. Um, with the G1 special just happening this past weekend and the road to Kazuna happening uh, in June. Now the uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling G1 uh, tournament, the 20th annual G1 Classic starts on the 14th. And I think it's like 19 or 20 shows in like a month. Wow. Yeah. So that's like a th- three hours of wrestling almost every day. I don't know how I'm going to catch up, uh, how I'm going to keep up with it. I probably won't be able right. to. So if you don't see me posting on Twitter, uh, much, <laughs> it's because I don't want spoilers because I hate spoilers. Um, but if you haven't watched the G1 special that was on access TV this weekend, go check it out. Um, if, I don't know if it's on demand or not over there. I don't know if there is actually an on demand portion, but, uh, it's fantastic. Uh, my match of the night was Juice Robinson versus, uh, Switchblade Jay White. Um, that's the match where uh, JR got hurt. Apparently he's had bruised ribs for taking a bump by mistake. Um, but it was such a good match. Juice Robinson, he was known, he was the eco-friendly wrestler in NXT, CJ Parker. He's the okay. one who wrestled Kevin Owens on his first NXT and busted Kevin's yeah. nose open. Oh, okay. Um, wow. The guy is awesome, though. I fucking love him as Juice Robinson. And uh, that's an awesome uh, fight. You had uh, Tanahishi versus uh, Jason, pardon me, uh, Dragon Lee. 
And that's where Tanahashi is it Tanahashi? Tanahashi. That's where uh, he broke his neck. And he, we oh, don't wow. know how long he's going to be out for. For it was a pretty sick dragon suplex. Um, wow! But it was a really good match. He actually it happened like during the match. He still wrestled for another seven minutes and won his match with a broken neck. Who else oh, can do shit. that? Kurt Angle. Stone That's pretty much cold. it, right? Um, uh, and Stone Cold. And and, and, and Stone Cold, and I think X Pac as well. Um, <laughs> X Pac did that. I don't. Yeah, that. I think it happened once or twice. <laughs> Um, okay. Another really good match <laughs> was um, was the Young Bucks versus Evil Snada for the uh, IGW or IWGP Heavyweight Tag Team Championship. That was a good match, and then of course the main event was Cody versus Kenny Omega, which was really good. Um, so a really good card. Uh, again, I'm watching these events, and I'm ending the card with a smile on my face because it's good wrestling. Um, so yeah, so the G1 starts on the 14th. I think runs till the 20th of August. So I have a lot of wrestling to watch. So my Twitter will probably be wrestling heavy. And uh, if I don't reply to tweets right away, it's because I got to make sure they're not wrestling tweets <laughs> because I don't <laughs> like shit spoiled. Uh, but I think that's it for me for TV. I can't think of anything else off the top of my head. Okay. You know, it's been a month. So, you know. No, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And that's, I mean, the only other thing I really have to talk about is um, books. That's what I've been um, I've been obsessed with audiobooks the past month and a half here, and that's mm-hmm. what I've been doing. Um, so I've, again, um, I'm going to say reading, whatever, finished, uh, the audiobooks, um, while driving to work and back, I have so much time and at lunch and everything. So I've just been getting through a lot in a relatively short amount of time. I feel like I've gone through more books this past month than I have the entire, like four past years combined. Okay. So I'm really happy about that. Um, first one I did was, uh, just kind of going in order here, Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban, obviously the third, uh, by JK Rowling, the third Harry Potter book, uh, gave that one four stars. Love it. Uh, it is probably my favorite of the Harry Potter books so far. Um, uh, the first one's fantastic. Chamber of Secrets was great as well. Um, but I think this one is probably at the top of the list for me. Um, we need to watch the film, which I hear is, I've seen it, but I don't remember too much about it. Uh, I hear it's kind of the worst adaptation of the series. So we'll see. Um, but absolutely love that one. Um, and then I listened to, uh, finished the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy by Douglas Adams. Yeah. Um, I, I thought it was fine. I laughed a few times, but it, it didn't, it didn't quite hit me like it has some other people. Uh, so I gave this one two and a half out of, um, out of four stars. Um, I don't know. It was just fine. I don't know how else to say, what else to say about it really. I know you really enjoyed this one, right? Mm-hmm, I did. Yeah, and I know most people do. Uh, when you look on Goodreads, I mean, it's very high star rating. Um, but for whatever reason, this one just didn't um, connect with me as much as I hoped it would. An interesting story, um, but it kind of meanders at points. When I really like the story of Ford and whatever the other main character's name is. It's been a while since I finished it. Um, but I really like their story. But then every other chapter, almost, it was kind of the story of the the guide. Um, and that, uh, it was kind of slowing it down for me a little bit. So I wasn't a huge fan of that, mm-hmm. but I still enjoyed it though. Two and a half out of four. Um, and then I read the foundation by Isaac Asimov. I gave that one three and a half out of four stars. I absolutely fucking loved like the, it's, it's like, I, it consists of five different parts. I absolutely love the first three parts. I thought they were absolutely brilliant. Some of like, I didn't realize how good sci-fi could be because I don't read sci-fi really. Yeah. Um, and that 
makes me want to read a lot more because it was just fucking brilliant. Um, just some of the the quotes that he comes up with, uh, some of the lines are just so damn good. Um, and then part four and part five, they were, it's not that they were bad by any stretch. They just, they, they, it was hard. I, I started losing my focus more during those parts because it wasn't as engaging as the first three parts were. Um, and the other thing I didn't expect is it's kind of like five different short stories, really. Um, cause you follow five different characters. Well, four different characters. Uh, the second and third part is kind of the younger version of one character. And then the second part is him like 30 years later, I think it is. Um, but it spans a very long period of time. Um, obviously it's a very epic story in what it does. Uh, and there are, I think six in total in this series, but the original trilogy I hear it is, is really the only three you really need to read. Um, but I, I, I probably will continue on at some point. Just not doing it right now. Um, but I really loved three fifths of the of the first book. I really absolutely loved it. Uh, so I give that one, like I said, three and a half out of four. Um, the Running Man by Richard Bachman, uh, aka Stephen King. Yeah. Uh, really, my first novel by Stephen King, and not really even by Stephen King. It was Richard Bachman, same person, obviously. But um, there's an introduction at the beginning of it where King talks about how Bachman is. He's kind of. He makes it feel like you're you're reading a Bachman novel versus you're reading a King novel. Like they are two different parts of his psyche, basically, um, which is which was pretty interesting. Um, but The Running Man, I we actually reviewed this film back in the podcast. Man, well, I want to say one of the first eight episodes. I don't remember which episode. Um, and I didn't love it. I didn't really like it all that much at all. But then I watched it again on my own, I don't know, a year later, two years later, and I absolutely loved it. And I've seen it multiple times since then. I fucking love the movie. The book is nothing like the movie. Frankly, I don't know how they got the movie out of that book. Uh, it's just so, <laughs> there's so little that ties it all together. I, I don't, I don't know. Um, that said, uh, I think I, this is one where I prefer the movie to the book. Yeah. Uh, it's just more fun. Um, but the book is, 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 is good. Um, it, the, the biggest problem was that I, it didn't have any likable characters for me for like the first half of it. And it wasn't until we meet this like rando character that he runs into, uh, in his journey that I started liking that character and then kind of liked our main character more because of it. But overall, like he's just, I can't remember. It's again, I went, been kind of running through these books so quickly. Uh, I can't remember the, the main character's name in this, which is ridiculous. Because uh, uh, I've seen the movie Running Man. Too. Richard. But Richard. No, is that it? Is Richard? It Richard Kimball? Or is that Total Recall? Ah, uh, uh, man. Let, that let me sound find familiar. out now. Um, but he's, he's kind of a prick. Uh, he's not really like what. Um, He's not. He's uh, not like Schwarzenegger's character at it's, all. It's uh, Ben Richards. Uh, ben Richards. Yeah. Ben Richards. Yes. Uh, and I know, like, the whole big thing was that, like, Arnold Schwarzenegger is supposed to be like this big muscle bone guy, and in the book, he's not like that at all. I remember hearing that, but really, in the book, he doesn't see like uh, the fact that he how he looked. He didn't come off as like this this tiny guy, uh, you know, because he you know is is written as like a good looking character so i feel like sh- casting schwarzenegger as him was totally fine um and i'd always hear that's kind of like one big difference between the book and that but like i didn't that didn't really like scream a huge difference to me that wasn't such a big thing to me um reading the book but everything else is so fucking different like 
I, I just the whole story. Mm-hmm. Um, like he he voluntarily goes to this to become a part of the Running Man game show because his daughter and wife, uh, his wife is basically a prostitute to get money, and his daughter's dying of um, like pneumonia, I think it is. And he so he voluntarily goes to try to get this job and like has to um, like there's like hundreds and hundreds of men that are trying to be on the show and he becomes one of the finalists and then eventually is chosen, obviously. Um, But like it's just the whole setup is different. And then, you know, in the game, you kind of it, it feels like in the movie rather that he that Schwarzenegger is kind of running around this like. A um, what am I trying to say? Like a, like a closed in area, like a there's a limit to where he can go. Mm-hmm. Whereas in the book, like he can go anywhere in the United States. Like he's allowed to go anywhere, and he he goes you know different cities. Um, but what what I thought was was interesting about it was that it, it it is a good look into like paranoia, because a lot of it a lot of it is just him being paranoid of are they here? Are they there? Are they coming to get me now? Like what's going on? Um, and then he kind of freaks out and that kind of fucks him over a little bit. And I, it's so it's an interesting book, but not nearly as fun as the movie. Uh, but there are some characters that I really, really liked in the book that were introduced that I thought were a lot more interesting than any of the characters introduced in the movie. Uh, but that said, still, if I had to do it again, if I had to choose between reading the book again and watching the movie, I would definitely watch the movie because it's just, like I said, more fun. Yeah, I agree with but, you. I like the movie a lot more than the book. Yeah. Um, I want to do... Um, What's the other one? Uh, the Running Man, um, The Long Walk. I want to do that one next, I think. I'm not. When I do another Bachman. I'm not sure if I know that one. Okay. Yeah, I think it's kind of along the same line, like apocalyptic, post-apocalyptic, where like you basically just have to keep walking until there's one person left. Okay. That's how I kind of understand it. I don't know, though. I could be wrong. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, and then I uh, went from that to just a real short kids one, uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory by Roald Dahl. Uh, I actually purchased this book recently, relatively recently, and I wanted to read it. And so it was on my um, audio book app. And so I ended up downloading it and it was it was fine. Um, again, another one where I think I prefer the movie to the book. Um, the movie is, uh, you know, the movie is definitely a, has musical elements to it, which I like. Um, in the book, the Oompa Loompas do have like these like chants that they do when things happen. But I, it's just you can't possibly, you know, the written word versus seeing that sung in a film is obviously a lot different. So, again, another one I just and 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 the the film actually expands on on this world a lot more. Which these other, you know, when you watch Harry Potter, you're you're condensing a book that took me 15 hours to read down to a, a movie that takes me two hours to watch. You know, so it's you're condensing so much. Whereas in uh, Charlie and Chocolate Factory, they've kind of expanded on the world of um, Charlie's Chocolate Factory. So I thought that was that was pretty cool. Um, but again, a good book. Definitely one that, you know, I will be able to read with my daughter at some point in our life. So uh, I like that about it. But uh, next up. Now, this one was unlike anything I've ever read before. Um, I've always been a huge fan of purchasing books and researching books to buy. That was kind of what I did before I started collecting movies. Um, and when I was living in West Virginia, we used to go to this used bookstore and just get all these old horror books. Um, and Richard Lehman was a name that always came across. He was um, it always described to me as kind of like um, the English version, the English uh, um, more graphic version of, of a Stephen King. Um, which I can't really compare to Stephen King because, like I said, I've only read his short stories, really. That's really all I've spent time with with Stephen King um, other than The Running Man, which I just read. But um, The Woods Are Dark 
is a it's an ex, it's a exploitation cannibal film put in a novel form. Okay, um, and that's always what I heard. Like it's B movies, but in a book form, um, filled with like grotesque violence, gore, the sex. Like I mean, you're talking everything. Like any taboo you can think of. Um, not any taboo you can think of, but like different taboos are in there. Um, it's 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 violent. It's rough it is very much so a cannibal exploitation film uh so take that for what you will the writing is not good by any stretch but like i like b movies you know what i mean so like i enjoy these type of things a little bit mm-hmm. um like the and i think we talked about this last last podcast when i watched um the green inferno i've i've come to realize that just Cannibal films in general aren't my f- cup of tea. I just don't like them very much. And so I was kind of feeling the same way about The Woods Are Dark because it is very much a cannibal film. Um, it was okay, but I, I, not one I would ever recommend to anybody because it's so fucking weird. Uh, I gave it one and a half stars out of four. Didn't love it by any stretch. Um, but will I read Richard Lehman again? Absolutely. Because it was just so bonkers, like so fucking weird, man. Um, and I don't know how other, what other way to explain it other than a, a B exploitation film, but in, in novel form. So if that interests you, Layman has a huge library of books for you to check out. This one was, a was like 200 pages or something. So it was only like a, like a five hour, six hour audio book. Very short. Um, but he does have some other ones. Um, and I will throw out there, I am using, um, I, I'm using Audible. Um, for, uh, like Harry Potter, I, I got an audible, I have ready player one on audible, um, which you can actually, um, get a free trial. If you go to audibletrial.com backslash cinefessions, get you a free, free book that way. Um, but, uh, scribd S C R I B D I'm using, I had actually, I was watching somebody on YouTube and they had like a two month free trial code and scribd is really cool because audible, you pay by the book scribd, you pay uh, 10 bucks a month and you get access, unlimited access to the audiobooks. And they have a really good selection on there. So that's what most of my listening has been on. Um, uh, and then I use, um, I think it's called Libby, L-I-B-B-Y, uh, which is, uh, like you can connect your, at least in the States, you can connect your, um, library card to it and you get like eight rentals a month or however many your library sets up. So, um, I'm, ba- I'm renting all of these. And so, I mean, that's awesome. Can't beat that. Um, but then the last one I read was To Kill a Mockingbird by Harper Lee. I gave that four stars. I absolutely fucking love this. I wrote a huge review on this one, uh, back on the 4th of July. So I won't say anything else about it. If you want my thoughts on it, definitely check cinefessions.com and it should be one of the top posts there. Um, pretty lengthy thoughts on that one. It just, I just connected with it in, in a very personal way and I absolutely fucking loved it. I see why it won the Pulitzer. Uh, it's, fucking brilliant absolutely loved it uh and then currently i am making my way through world war z by max brooks um and all these i don't ever do abridged because that's bullshit um this one is actually the full unabridged with the full cast recording um so there's like recognizable um voices in it uh not that any are going to come to my mind right now but uh they do a great job the book itself i'm actually as much as i thought i would love it because it's a zombie book um it's a so it's written as like basically like a kind of like like the 9/11 report or whatever. So it's like looking back on what happened and taking accounts from survivors of what they went through during World War Z as it's dubbed. Um 
And so everyone you're talking to has obviously survived this. Um, but some of them have really interesting stories. Others are like, eh, whatever. Um, so it's kind of been a hit and miss for me. A couple stories have stood out. A few stories have stood out. But otherwise, it's just been kind of mediocre. So that's kind of my thoughts on that one as of now. I only have like a few hours left, maybe like 30% left to go on that one. But yeah, so that's what I've been spending most of my time with. Um, and then gaming wise, really, I've been playing a bunch of different things, but nothing real serious. Um, so I won't even really talk about that too much, but so that's my week. So what else do you have to talk about, Mark? Anything else? Um, I was going to touch base just with video games really quickly. Um, Absolutely. I've gone into a bit of a gaming, uh, phase right now. Um, so I bought my switch on my trip and I played a whole bunch of darkest dungeon. Um, I'm actually, <laughs> I, I know it's not like a broken record. I think I'm in week 175 in the game now. Um, but I'm killing the main, I guess the, the level five and six bosses. I'm only got, I got three left, the siren, uh, the down ship and the prophet. And then once I got all those checked off, um, I still need to upgrade a certain class of character, but I can start doing my darkest dungeon runs now. Um, and then I successfully do three runs and I think that's it. And then I can oh, okay. uh, I can activate the DLC that I bought with the game when it first came out. And then there's new DLC coming out very shortly for the game as well. Um, so I don't think I'll be done anytime soon with this game, but I'm loving it because I'm forcing myself to play with different character types now. Um, yeah. I'm learning new ways to utilize some characters, which helps me with my combinations. Um, so again, I'm still loving this game. And again, I've been playing it since what's February. So it's crazy. But right. um, with E3 happening while we were on hiatus, uh, I pre-ordered. Well, first of all, I signed up for Amazon Prime US oh, because right. uh, the dot .ca version is only 10% off pre-orders. And uh, the prices aren't that good. But with the, U- with the dot .com, they're excellent and it's 20% off. So I pre-ordered a shit ton of games. And I'll talk about them as I get them. Um yeah. But I've also I'm wondering how much longer Amazon.com is going to do that because Best Buy has gotten rid of their gamers club. Yes. So I'm wondering if Amazon's going to kind of dump that in the future. Well, once they're done, then I'm going to cancel my subscription because that's really the right. only reason why. And I've been buying a lot of movies that maybe I don't need to buy right now because, you know, mm-hmm. I'm trying to save up. I'm a horrible right. human. Um, but uh, new games I bought on the Switch uh, digitally since we last spoke. I bought the uh, Arcade Archives edition of uh, Donkey Kong. So it's the okay. original Donkey Kong ROM. Uh, so that's a lot of fun. Um, I also picked up the Pac-Man Championship Edition 2 Plus, which I had for the PS4, but it's a lot funner to play on the Switch. And um, I picked up Hollow Knight and a police sim called This is the Police. Uh, oh, yeah. Of course, I haven't played any of them because I'm still playing Darkest Dungeon and uh, Mero Odyssey. Which I need to get back on. It's been, I guess, a month since I've played that. Um, okay. But oddly enough as well, I've been meaning to... Um, for some reason, I've been wanting to go back and play some PS4 games. Um, so I had started Alien uh, Isolation maybe a few months ago. Yeah, Try getting that. back into it today or I guess uh, this past weekend and I couldn't. I'm like, it's boring. I don't like it. I'd have to start from the beginning again because I don't remember the controls. So whatever. Oh. Um, so I kind of took that off my PlayStation for now and I'm playing the original, the evil within. Okay. Um, I'm in the second chapter right now. So I haven't played that much, 
Um, it's weird. It's tough. Um, like I think in, even in the first scene when you're just trying to get the key from the butcher, I think I must have died 70 times in a row, not exactly knowing what to do. But then I got yeah. a gist of it. Um, so I've bought the Evil Within 2, like last Black Friday. So I'm like, well, maybe I should play one before the one year anniversary of me buying two. <laughs> you know? Right, right. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. I remember the demo is it was even difficult on that game. Uh but I do own the first one. Um but I hear that the second one is significantly better and kind of underrated because people like don't talk about it, but those that do talk about it say like this game is fucking awesome. I heard that so too. It's hopefully worth worth getting through the first one just to play the second one. Yeah, I heard that as well, but I didn't want to uh play two before I play one. Um exactly. I don't even know if they're linked or related to each other. I honestly have no yeah. clue. But I'll probably be posting about uh, The Evil Within once I've had more playtime with it and put a, something on Instagram. Uh, but so far, so good. But again, I think I've only scratched the surface. I'm playing on its hardest available level, which is normal right now. Um, okay. Because I don't play on easy. I don't play that. Yeah. I don't play that. For whatever uh, reason, right. I don't yeah. I don't play that, Holmes. So, uh, so yeah. <laughs> and that, so that's about it for me game-wise. Um, yeah. Again, it's been a month and I've skipped a lot of stuff, but uh, the show must go on. That's the way of the world. That's right. Excellent. Very good. So let's dive into our review for the week. We are talking, of course, about Jaws 2 from 1978. So as always, there will be spoilers. So if you've not seen Jaws 2 and care about spoilers, make sure you hit pause, go on, watch the film, come on back and hit play. Uh, Chances are there'll probably be spoilers for the first one too. I mean because that's just the way of the world, but um, keep that in mind. So uh, Jaws 2 had an original U.S. theatrical debut of June 16th, 1978. It was directed by Jeannot Swark. I have no idea how to say that, and I probably butchered it. Uh, but written by Carl Gottlieb and Howard uh, Sackler. Has an IMDb score of 5.7 out of the 59,446 current votes. It has a Metacritic score of 52. A 57% tomato meter score with an audience score on Rotten Tomatoes of 38%. It currently has a 2.74 out of 5 star rating on Letterboxd based on the 7,400 ratings. It had a $20 million budget and a $106 million cumulative worldwide gross debut. Uh, and it clocks in at 116 minutes for its runtime. So... Mark, what is your history with Jaws 2? Um, this was the first time I've ever seen it. It's funny. Oh, okay. uh, you know, I've seen Jaws so many times before. It's one of my mm-hmm. favorite films. Uh, never saw 2, never saw 3. I think I saw 4 and B chess shit oh. uh, like 20, 25 years ago. Uh, Interesting. Okay. Yeah. But uh, yeah, first time watched this weekend. Yeah. You know, I thought this was the first time I was watching it. Um, but watching through it, I was like, man, this looks familiar. This looks familiar. There were some parts that I was like, I definitely have seen this. And so my thought was maybe we watched it. Um, I've seen parts of it. But then I remembered because I just opened the Blu-ray last night when I watched it because uh, I own, you know, one through four all on Blu-ray now. Okay. Um, and I remember I actually, when we lived in West Virginia, I purchased uh, really cheap from Walmart the whole set for like five bucks on DVD. And I think we ended up watching Jaws 1 and 2 on DVD. Um but I don't think I've seen three and four. In fact, I know I haven't because three's a weird one, I think. Yeah. I, I know I have not seen that one. That's the one in 3D, obviously. It really sucks because the Mayfair Theater, the local indie theater near my place, uh, while I was on vacation out of uh, province, 
they had a 3D uh, little 3D fest where they were only playing 3D oh, nice. movies in 35 millimeter, and one of the films was Jaws 3D, and I That's missed awesome. it. I'm so bummed out. Well, do you have the Blu-ray? No, I only own Jaws. I had to rent oh. uh, Jaws 2 from uh, Google Play. Oh, okay. Yeah, Jaws 3D, uh, or the Blu-ray of Jaws 3 is Jaws 3D, so it's like Blu-ray 3D. That's very cool, yeah. So you should you should check that out because you have your 3D projector. I, I agree, I should. <laughs> I have to do that too. That's when I watch it. That's how I'm going to. That's how I'm going to watch it. Is in three, just because it feels right. Yeah, that's exactly. I want them to release Friday the Thirteenth Part Three in legitimate Blu-ray 3D. But yeah. I don't know why they're fucking taking so long to do that. Well, I, I, I think the tin has like a 3D, like blue and red. Uh, yes, uh, like stereoscopic. Um, exactly the shitty yeah. 3D. Yeah, uh, old school 3D. Old school 3D. Yeah, yeah, yeah old school shitty. All right. Okay. Here we go. John's two. <laughs> um, so one thing that stood out and I, the first note I took was about this and then I take more notes about it and it, it turns out I just didn't like it. And I'm surprised because, uh, the, the composer for this, of course, is listed as, uh, John Williams, mm-hmm. who is, you know, legendary. But I think the music in this film, it just, it, at points, it felt like it didn't fit. It felt overbearing. Um, and I just, I thought it was not done very well. It might have been the, uh, the sound editing more so than the, than the music itself. I don't know, but, uh, it just took me out of it a few times. Uh, and I first noticed it right in the opening mo- moments. It felt like I was watching like a trailer from like a 1950s action adventure film. Um, and it just, it felt weird to me, which I understand what they're going for. They want to kind of set one scene and then boom, the shark shows up and it's a whole different feeling. You know what I mean? So I understand that, but it just, I don't know. Something was weird about it for me. Well, this film had a pretty troubled production and uh, I'm just looking up my notes here, but uh, there was, I think I was looking back because they had to stop production. The original director was uh, a, a guy called John D. Hancock. And he got uh, pulled or fired as a director because the Universal did not like his cut of the film and what they had shot so far. Um, so between the start and the stop of the shooting, um, I think there was also an issue with getting the film on time to John Williams to score. So I believe he actually did score part of the film without the film being completed. I'm just trying to find my notes here and I... I can't find them, so maybe I'm just dreaming hmm. this, but I'm pretty sure I read that uh, while doing some reviewing here. But, okay. um, yeah, like, you know. It shows R- if that's the well, case, I would say. Roy yeah. Schneider and Jeannot Zwark did not get along. Uh, Schneider was forced oh. to do the sequel because he pulled himself from Deer Hunter and he had a two-picture deal universal. Um uh, the, 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 the original draft of the film was a lot different than what we actually got. Um, okay. Yeah, so like everybody clashed on set. Um, I guess the 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 uh, the actress who plays his wife. Let me just go back here. Um, her name is uh, Lauren Gray, who plays Ellen Brody. I guess yeah. she's the wife of an executive that was uh, oh. part of the uh, part of Universal. And her role, she wanted a bigger role in the film, so they had to change some things around. Uh, honestly, this film was a mess. I'm surprised it was such a hit that it was. And apparently, the film right. was the, the the highest grossing sequel up until like the following year. Um, hmm. 
I forget what overthrew it, but uh, yeah, um, the the film is a disaster in my opinion. I did not like this film at all, and uh, I'm surprised it did as well as it did because uh, its production right. was very troubled. Uh, one thing I, I actually liked about it was the fact that they were able to get back those original cast members, um, the the mayor, um, the husband, the wife, the Brodies. Um, and there was more than that too, I'm sure. Yeah. Like, yeah um, the city council, he had the, right. the, the woman and the old man, you know, Peter that's a bad hat, Harry. He was still in it. Yeah. So yes, that right. was very cool. And I, I felt they did do, um, a good recreation of Amity. Mm-hmm. Um, still watching. Yeah, it felt the same to me. Yeah, yeah. Watching this. And it's funny because they filmed this from August to December. So, oh, okay. so there was like, it was so cold at times in the water. That they had the um, the actors suck on ice cubes so that their breath wouldn't show on film. Oh wow, that's how cold that's it was. Um, I've heard other other. I've heard that technique before. I can't remember what other films I've heard it on, but that, that's always an interesting one to me. Yeah, um, I, I've, I've never thought of that before. That's kind of cool. But mm-hmm. I felt to bring us back to the setting of the first film, they did that very well. Um, yeah, and I'm watching this thinking, you know what? I'd love to visit this town. Right. You know, I, I yeah, love absolutely. this small, t- this town has small town appeal that mm-hmm. I would go there for the 4th of July to celebrate right. uh, U.S. independence. Um, mm-hmm. I'd go there if I was a boater. Like it's, yeah. it's an inviting setting for such an evil fish in the water. Right. I know it's a mammal. Exactly. Is it a mammal or is it a fish? It's a mammal, right? No, shark. I think Sh- it's a is mammal. It f- the, the, the orca was the mammal. Ah, gotcha. Yeah. I, but I mean, what the fuck do I know? Yeah. <laughs> well, you know lots. Um, I, I thought the the one shot that I thought was pretty not- notable for being kind of, I don't know, intelligent, I guess, or uh, noteworthy was the at the beginning, the shot of the mayor through the money tree. Um, it's right at the start where he's like kind of announcing, oh, and the person who donated this money tree, it's, um, I think it's, I think it was Peterson, maybe, um, yeah. the city council guy. And it's literally a tree with like money with bills on it. And it's kind of surround. He, he, he films it from behind it, uh, looking at the mayor, uh, through it. And he's like in the one open spot, with just the money surrounding him. I thought that was intelligent. Cause obviously, as we know, the mayor, that's his main concern, right, is is the money. Uh, and that's why he doesn't shut down the thing, the beach in the first place because, you know, the funds and blah, blah, blah. So I thought that was a, a well done shot. That made sense to me. I like that. Yeah, I'll be honest. I, I did not notice that. I, I remember the yeah. money tree. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's the thing back in the 70s. Um, right. But, uh, yeah, no, that's, that's, a, that's a good eye because I didn't even recognize mm-hmm. the symbolism in that shot. Right, right. Um, I thought so. Obviously, in this one, and I felt it right from the beginning. We, we're getting a stronger focus on kind of the teenagers of the town, which that that really wasn't the case in the first one, right? Like no. we get, we see them every once in a while because like one of them gets killed, you know. But it's not it's not about them. It's about Brody and um, oh Jesus, the Brody <laughs> and two buddies Hooper. Who he goes, yeah, yeah, Hooper and Clint. Um, Quint, yes, yes, exactly. Quint, Quint Hooper and Brody. That's what it's about in the first one. So, uh, and frankly, they're just more interesting characters than these teenagers. And uh, don't get me wrong; I thought the teenagers were were fine. I thought they were fine. Yes, but I mean, when you have such an icon, an icon as an iconic character as Quint I, Hooper, like it's hard to. I know. completely agree with you on that. I felt yeah. well. Obviously, you can't bring Quint back. 
Um, right. But having Hooper just, you know, kind of a throwaway line like he's on the Aurora, that kind that's of sucked. I was gonna, you know? Yeah, I was going to ask because I thought that's what it was. Yeah. He was trying to call him, but he was like in Antarctica or something. Well, he was on his on his science vessel, right? So that's what he wanted yeah, to do in the okay. first film. So they put him yep. there for the second one. And the reason that for that sense. is that uh, Spielberg and uh, Dreyfus were working on Close Encounters of the Third Kind. And oh, yeah, I guess shitty movie. I guess yeah. the shoot uh, went long. That's why they couldn't do Jaws two. Um, oh, okay. But yeah, I didn't find any of the teens annoying. You know, and that's exactly which is I thought was fascinating because like, I always do, but I didn't this time out. Exactly, they weren't hateable in any way. Mm-hmm. I just right. thought they were, they weren't interesting. They were bland. Yeah, they're just very yeah, bland. yeah. Now they had some cool uh, actors. Like the one I recognized the most was the one from Christine. Who's now a well-known director? Uh, I'm trying to find his picture right now here. Um, oh, I didn't Keith, Keith Gordon. He's the one, uh, kind of longer hair, with like I think he had a beige cap and glasses. He was reading a book when they were throwing water oh, balloons. Oh yeah, well, that's yep. a, that's a kid from Christine. That's the guy okay. who drove Christine. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. So I thought that was cool because I didn't know he was in that film. Um, and as right. well, what I thought was awesome is that Donald Wilkes was in the movie. Uh, she's the one with the tits, like the sparrows. <laughs> she was the um, she was the uh, the best friend that she wanted to get. Uh, it was a blind date. Uh, right, well, yep. she's Angel in the first Angel movie, so I'm like, oh, that's wow. Angel. That's awesome. Um, okay. it, was it the was it the cousin or was it the friend? It was the, the cousin who had the, the cousin, cousin, the cousin. Okay, yeah. Okay, uh, and she's the one that got the most annoying at the end of the film with all the screaming. Oh God, you know? yeah, exactly. Yeah. That was. I know that's what I wrote down later. I was like, surprisingly, like I'm not annoyed with you. But then, and then the there's are, and now they all start freaking out, uh, yeah. and it's kind of annoying. But yeah, <laughs> so I agree with you there. Yeah, um, but yeah, but I I do think the film hurt with less interesting characters. Right. You know exactly. I like the old man complaining about the next door neighbor girl teasing his son. I thought that was fucking hilarious. Yeah, funny how the son but, isn't complaining. Right. Exactly. But it felt like that whole scene was just taken right from the original. Yes. Am I am I mistaken? Because it's been I haven't seen Jaws since episode one hundred, which was quite a while ago now. But like they they have that exact scene with like this townsfolk going crazy. And my thought was maybe they're just doing this to kind of show that the town is back to normal. But it just came off as we didn't have any other ideas, and so this is what you're getting. Well, that's exactly what it is. You know, they're back to small. You know, small town, small town problems, problems. You know, yeah. first film, it's somebody spray painting the 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 fences. I think this time it's you know, girl that's letting kids peep on her. Right. It's it, it, small town problems, small town solutions. It's back to normal life. That's exactly what it was. Yeah. Until the fish comes back. Exactly. Or it's the fish's cousin. <laughs> right. <laughs> the one he's talked to about it. Yeah. Um. The. I really like the like kind of the first shot we get of the shark stalking um, as he's stalking. I think her name was Terry, the water skier. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought that that takedown was pretty decent, if just if not remarkable, uh, kind of ho hum. But I did like the shot of the the shark actually like stalking the skier. I thought that was pretty well done. I thought so too. Um, and it's funny how you see a lot of the shark in this film compared to yes before where you don't. Yep. Um, and I thought also interesting was that kind of in the first one, the big thing was, you know, you always hear the, the infamous shark, uh, jaws theme, you know, um, 
at the beginning of the film and then you know it's coming and then at the end the shark shows up without that theme and it's kind of what gets you right yeah here they do that in the opening scene but then the shark pretty much shows up the rest of the movie without the music behind it so it kind of uh weakens that effect a little bit i thought so i, th- I think what weakens the film is that you see so much of the shark um right but at the same time you know I guess the way they looked at it is that you saw the shark in the first film. There's no point right. of hiding the shark in the second film. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's not the same shark. Like the first shark died. This could yeah, be, exactly. you know, a bigger shark. It could be a shark with more teeth or could be yeah. a mutation. Who Honestly, knows? You it, know? felt, it felt to me like it was a smaller shark than the original. I don't know if it was the same model. It, it felt that way too for me. I, I thought yeah. the same thing. Yeah. Um, the fucking, this one just killed me. Uh, speaking, you know, of when the first, uh, the skier dies and then the shark hits the boat, um, like she picks up the kerosene and like, I, I, I think I understand like she was supposed to be trying to pour it on the shark, but she accidentally pours it on herself, but then lights the match anyway. I'm like, what the fuck? And like, it was just so ridiculous to me. Yeah. That whole, that whole moment. I, 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 I thought so too. I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> you know? Like, I, like me and Melissa watch this together and we're just yeah. shaking our heads during that scene. Right. And I love that we get the climax of the first film within like the first 30 minutes of the sequel. Cause that's basically what happens in the first one, right? He blows it up. So I thought that was yeah. funny. Yeah. But, uh, I thought that the, the, the decaying orca, the mammal, mm-hmm. I thought he looked fantastic. <laughs> I thought it looked really gross. Now, was that a dig at the film orca? Cause that came out in 77. So I'm wondering like the, the oh, boat, the boat at the bottom of the ocean was the orca, but that's Quinn's boat. But now right, having right. a dead killer whale beached with bites into it, I think that was a bit of a jab at the Orca film because that was Maybe. a film before. And that yeah, tried I to, to see that. Yeah, uh, it's 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 good because uh, Richard Harris is in it, but it's also yeah. a bad film. I really want to see that one. Yeah. yeah. But I, t- to me, and I could be wrong, but I think that was a, you know, hey, hey, uh, hey Orca, we just took a bite out of your fish. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, so. exactly. Because I, I, if I remember right, if I remember the story, like didn't jo- like the studio sue the makers of Orca because it was basically a Jaws ripoff? Or am I, am I mixing up my movies? Oh, uh, I, I don't know about that. But if you're talking about uh, Jaws ripoffs or inspirations from Jaws, there is a shit ton. Uh, let me just find my list here. But, yeah, and now uh, that you say that, I'm thinking there's an Italian one because it was going to be released by Scream Factory, but then something happened because of legal reasons they couldn't do it and it's not it's not orca it's like killer jaws or something it's like something with a very similar title oh well there's so many here give me two seconds and i'll find that for you but uh no it was inspiration to a lot of films okay um let's see okay that's the wrong uh, that's my wrong uh quote there i had a list of all yeah, these it films is mako the jaws of death killer jaws that's the one i was thinking of okay um but I don't want to hang up the podcast here, but if I can't find it, so be it. But yeah, it was a, oh, fuck me. I guess I can't find it. Okay. Well, if I find it, we'll continue on. Oh, here we go. Yeah. Okay. So, so you got Jaws 75, then you got Jaws 2 and 78, Jaws 3D and 83, and Jaws Revenge in 87. Then there was Orca in 77, Piranha in 78, Tentacles in 77, yeah. Killer Fish in 79, Barracuda in 78, uh, Tintorera, Killer Shark in 77, 
Blood Beach, Piranha Part 2, The Spawning, The Last Shark, Up From The Deaths, Humanites From The Deep, Screamers, Devilfish, and Michael, The Jaws of Death from 76. Like, it spawned its whole little, like, killer fish industry. Uh, right, Jaws yeah, did. that's awesome. Yeah. I love, see, and that's the thing, like, I love, like, killer shark movies. Like, I, I think they're so much fun. Uh, Jaws, uh, Deep Blue Sea, I fucking love. Um, did you watch Deep uh, Blue Sea too? Have I seen Deep Blue Sea? Oh, no, I haven't seen the second one yet. No. Heard it's I bad. Definitely, I, that's what I've heard too, but I still want to check it out. Um, what other ones? Oh, um, like Open Water, I enjoyed. Open Water 2, I didn't. Um, uh, what's the other one I'm thinking of? It's like an Australian. Can't remember the name of it now. Australian water film, huh? Oh, my gosh. What is it? It's it's very similar to Open Water. Um, the Reef. Oh, I have not seen that. I have not seen that. Yeah, I like that one as well. I, just, I love movies like this. Um, and so that's like, I, I want more. And so I guess I could branch out to other creatures. Like, I need to see Orca. Um, like, you know, just like Killer Jaws. Like, all those I, I definitely need to watch. Because I love this just kind of subgenre of horror films. But uh, And then the ones we already talked about recently with, uh, like, The Reef, I didn't think was very good. I thought it was just mediocre. Um, but uh, what was the other one with The Reef with, like, the multiple sharks? 47 meters down. That one as well. Yeah. So, anyway, uh, back to Jaws 2. Where was I? Oh, I love that line. Speaking of, like, the orca. She says sharks don't think sharks don't take things personally, Mister Brody. I thought that was a great line uh, when he suggests that can the shark tell its friends <laughs> and like suggesting that it like, told its friends and his friends were now coming to attack. That was just ridiculous. But I felt like there was a surprising lack of urgency on like the sh- on Brody's part um, trying to find the two people that were out in the boat. The, I, there were there were these two witnesses that say they saw this boat explode. And then all he does is have like two people search for a couple hours on the shore. And then he, they just kind of went about their life. Like it, it just, it felt like it meant so little. And that was weird to me. Did that, did that stick out to you at all? Um, well, the thing is, you know what? He, he did give two resources to go look for the boat. And mm-hmm. I think he makes mention later on in the film that there are only four people in the police that's, force. That's true. So right. he is like using half his guys mm-hmm. and. I I, I I I guess that since you know they are uh, out of towners and nobody really could cooperate, like somebody saw an explosion, but right, who knows where it could be, right? So I guess he's yeah. just kind of okay. We'll patrol in that area and then take it from there. Um, yeah, and I feel like the whole point of that scene was just to set up the fact that they can pull up the fucking electrical wire from the bottom of the, of the ocean anyway. Well, but- that's exactly what it was. It's foreshadowing <laughs> on how to kill the beast at the end of the film, right? Yeah. Um, and then it just so much. It just felt like we were watching a repeat of the first, especially in the first half of this. Like the mayor doesn't want to do anything. Shocker, you know. Um, but this time though, I didn't really blame the mayor because there was really no evidence of anything happening yet, and it just felt like Brody was kind of being a little bit dramatic with the whole thing. Well, I, I think um, he's suffering some type of his own PTSD, right? Because like exactly, and that's what I write down later, especially with that scene at the beach when he's pulls out his gun like it's, it's definitely a ptsd thing yeah yeah and, and, like he's reliving a horrific past where he lost like you know i don't know if he considered quinn a friend but he lost a, mm-hmm. a, a partner he, he lost somebody that he knew you know yeah. and a whole bunch and it, it hurt a community when the shark attacked so much so i, I right. think he's he's wanting to nip this in the butt before it happens 
I think he just gives it maybe too much attention at first and overreacts and yeah. then loses his power. Exactly. And, and, and frankly, like I don't blame them for, for kind of him being fired. Like that made sense to me because he goes absolutely fucking insane for over nothing. Like he sees this really slow moving shadow. I mean, like it, it was ridiculous to me. At first I didn't even think it was moving, but. Well, well he discharged um, his weapon in a public place yeah, where somebody could have gotten right. hurt, right? I think exactly. that's the big problem. Between that and the fact that uh, that douchebag wanted to bang his wife didn't uh, help things, right. you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, but... Uh, uh, I no, will say, I, though, there was a jump scare that got me when he flipped over that, that boat and found the burned alive girl. I didn't expect that at all. And I was like, holy shit. So I jumped on that one. Well, you know what? The thing is, it's a sequel, right? So they do have to up the ante a bit. Yeah, exactly. Um, I love... Uh, Brody's cop, his his partner in crime, whatever the hell his name oh, is. Oh, his, uh, his assistant? His assistant, yeah. I thought he was hilarious. And like when he comes in and it's right as Brody's doing like the, whatever it was, not arsenic, but the poison tipped bullets or whatever. Yeah. And uh, he's like kind of staring at the desk and he keeps turning the light back on. I thought that was a pretty humorous moment. Well, um, he's got a bit of a, like a Mayberry feel to him. Like he yes, can do the job, exactly. but he's, he's a bit... I wouldn't say he's slow. He just doesn't have the city police instincts that Brody has. Right. Because yep. you have to remember Absolutely. that Brody is not an islander. He used, right. to, he used to live in the big city until, you know, he decided to make, to find a quiet posting, you know? Right. So he just has a different uh, frame of mind, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I got to ask, who the hell hangs a light in their hallway that you have to duck under to get past every time? Not me. I know they fucking Brody hits it, and then his wife almost hits it. I'm like, what the what the fuck? Like, <laughs> race that shit. It came with the house, right? <laughs> exactly. Man, oh man. Um, and there was another point where I uh, jumped, and that was when they were. It was during the, the the diving scene. This is jumping ahead a little bit. Okay. Um, but we already talked about most everything I had in between there. Uh, again, the sharks introduced with no. Dun, 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 you know no music yeah, yeah um and they're just like doing the diving and all of a sudden he sees him and i jumped too but i wasn't underwater so i didn't have a well not not a brain hemorrhage but like uh uh the bends the bends yes yeah. thank you yeah and so i thought that was a pretty interesting scene that one that one worked for me i like that the thing is the bend does the bends happen when you're that deep in the water like i know in leviathan you know if you don't decompress you're going to explode oh that was deep star yeah, six I don't know. um Oh, that'd be a good arc, underwater horror. Anyways, um, yeah, but I don't have to do uh, what's uh, the abyss. I know, I yeah. know. <laughs> That'll be a bonus episode for Patreon. Um, <laughs> that'll never happen. But uh, no, yeah, right. um, I'm surprised he got the be- again. I'm not a scuba diver. I've only snuggled once for the first time this year, but mm-hmm. I didn't think you get uh, the bends from that shallow of water. And that's, they didn't seem to be too far down. No, right? that, and that, that's but, just my, my perception of it. It didn't seem that yeah. far down. They could exactly. have been story-wise, but they didn't seem that yeah. way. Oh, I have right. a question for you. Mm-hmm. So Jaws to Jaws 2, how much time do you think elapsed between both films? I That's a good question. I would say maybe a year or two. Because didn't, two. didn't Brody's oldest son seem super old compared to the first film? Yes. Yeah, that's a good point. I didn't even think about that. That bugged me. I had no problems with being teens, but, you know, Brody and his wife looked the same, but yeah. the oldest son looked like he aged like six years. 
Mm-hmm. I can't recall exactly how old he is in the first film, but yeah, uh, but he he looks like he's like his younger brother's age. I feel like yeah, in the first one, yeah, yeah, exactly. He's younger than that, so so it, it just that, that just seemed weird to me. But uh, mm-hmm. I could be completely wrong. Yeah, honestly, that was one I was just able to kind of get past. I guess I, I didn't even think about it, but I can see how that could bug people. And then that goddamn cock blocking shark, man. Oh, dude, what a bitch! Dude, Seriously, I know. God damn, dude's about to get it, bringing the towel out and everything so she doesn't have bruises on her butt for her mom to ask about. Yeah, like a, like a chivalrous like, knight that he is. Exactly. And then the shark shows up. Yeah, uncool. Oh, I love it. She literally didn't even stick out a hand to help and try to pull Eddie back on the boat when he was uh, getting like eaten, basically. She's just kind of like staring. I mean, she was in shock, I understand, but like it was just funny. Well, I think she saw the quality of the blanket after the fact. I'm like, are you right. kidding me? I'm going to bruise anyways, asshole. Exactly. Right. Learn to swim. I love when uh, Brody asks, you know, wh- where's the lighthouse or whatever? And he's like, 10 degrees do, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, don't give me that shit. Point. Uh, again, showing kind of his the fact that he's not an islander. You know, he's a city guy. And he, uh, I thought that was good. He's outside his bubble of comfort right now, right? Yeah, he's no, a, absolutely. He, he's a land dweller. He does not like yeah. the water, especially after the first film. Right. So uh, it took a lot for him to take that boat by himself. Yeah, exactly. Even like when he took his shoes off and got in the water with that jump scare I was talking about earlier, it took him forever to like go in. I'm like, dude, it's up to your like waist. Calm yeah. down. Yeah. But it's because he's terrified of it. Um, yeah. And I thought just the shark overall didn't – and I did verify it as a fish um, – <laughs> Did not seem as menacing in this one. Um, I, like he was knocking boats over, which isn't nearly as as menacing as like taking boats out and taking like uh, do- docks down with you. Like it just wasn't nearly as menacing as he was in the first one. I thought that was disappointing. Well, he just seemed like a smaller fish, and and that's it too. Yeah, and exactly. I think he doesn't want to eat boots and license plates anymore. He's going straight for the meat now, so he's mm-hmm. smarter. You know, right. Um, instead of swallowing a boat whole, he's going to disable the boat so that he can get right. what's inside. Um, so I, again, I think, you know, it's scarier when the fish kills more people. And, yeah. and, and this, again, the first film kind of sets the whole, you know, theory of the shark. In this mm-hmm. film, there isn't any scientific jargon. It's, there's a shark. Right. It's, it's killing people. Let's kill the shark. There's, yep. there's no scientific, uh, you know, explanation or, or whatever. So people yeah, know what's basic. a shark now. So, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you better stay out of the water. Exactly. Thank God Mike decided to put on his life jacket today. <laughs> the only one. And that was that proved beneficial for him. So good for him. Yeah. Uh, and his brother, I guess, had his life jacket on too. But uh, I thought that was a great shot of the shark kind of like scraping the boat right as they pull Mike into it. Um I just it gave a good impression of how big the shark actually was, which again is smaller. Um, but like he looked pretty cool because he was he's kind of like beat up, you know. Yeah. Um, but I thought that was a, that was a good shot, probably the best shot of the shark in the film. And it also seemed like the shark was kind of playing with his food this time. You know, mm-hmm. he, he he attacks the boats for a bit, then stops, right. pulls away, then goes yeah. to attack. Because apparently uh, human meat tastes better when it's full of uh, adrenaline. Exactly. So, uh, that's a, that is a fact, yeah. Do you know nothing of cannibalism? Because that's an obvious fact. Oh, not so much, but I did notice a shark <laughs> in one scene had a chef's hat on. So I'm like, ah, he knows right. what he's talking about. <laughs> he's got this, yeah. Yeah. 
I think my favorite shark moment was him taking down the chopper. That's just a, oh. that's a cool scene. Now, okay, what got me first was the actual uh, pilot with that weird beard he had. Oh. Uh, <laughs> and apparently the pilot is a formal, uh, a former um, army uh, pilot. And that was his, uh, that was his uh, helicopter. Okay. And he also built the model for the helicopter crash. Oh, wow. Yeah, so That's I thought awesome. I thought that was kind of cool, um, but the, the pilot looked weird to me. He didn't have like awesome beards like we do, right? Exactly. Yeah, I'm growing a beard. I don't think we talked about that on the show. Oh, <laughs> that, yeah. that was before the show. That's hilarious. <laughs> oh, man. Behind the curtain, folks, you're hearing That's stuff right. from behind the curtain. <laughs> uh, another, I thought when the shark um, swims after Sean gets swallowed, I think. Wait, and oh, the girl that swims after Sean, when she gets swallowed. Yeah. It was a good angle because it was like from behind and it made the shark look big at that moment when he was just like swallowing the girl in one bite. I thought that was that was pretty cool, but inconsistent with uh, the size of the shark in the rest of the movie. Yes, but maybe he's like a uh, like a snake where he can unhinge his jaw and just fall off his hole. That's very possible. Um, I love that. And we already talked about this a little bit. Um, just, I, I liked, I actually liked the kids because they weren't annoying. I thought they're, you know, relatively smart and they seemed to be doing like what they could to, to try to do their best, you know? And yeah. the way they were able to get Sean back over, I thought that was admirable. Um, so I, I like that about it. But again, they're just, like we said, they're just vanilla. They're plain. Well, what they did with this film is that they filmed the scenes with them on their sailboats. They mm-hmm. kind of likened that. Like they're boating enthusiasts, like car enthusiasts would be with car hops and their cars. So the oh, way that they yeah. all went together and they all hung out, you know, on the sailboats, right. it's like, right. you know, American graffiti where everybody's in their cars hanging out at the drive-in. So yeah, they tried to do, you know, recreate a similar situation, but this time on mm-hmm. water, which I thought was kind of exactly. cool. I don't think I've seen yeah, that definitely. before. No, I can't say that I have either. Um, I love that fucking Brody crashes the boat into the rocks. That made me laugh. Like, Jesus. <laughs> but but it kind of works for him because, like, he do- he right. just doesn't know any better, right? Exactly. He's not a boater, right? Yeah. Um, and then uh, of course it the uh the the anchor gets stuck on the power line, um, bringing back what we talked about earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, it and the way the shark is killed, I don't. It was just like so rid- utterly ridiculous like laughably so it wasn't it wasn't horrible it's over but the it top. just made me laugh yeah exactly like the sounds of it being electrocuted and then it catching fire like it was just silly like it was over the top like you said like but I don't know. It, you have to beat the ending of the first film Ex- where the shark right. exploded so right. what do you do for part two right Mm-hmm. You can't just yeah. give it some uh, some poison. It just you know, yeah, exactly. Stops moving. You have to, yeah. like instead of exploding it, you got to make it become a fireball, right? And, and that's right. what they did here. But apparently, yeah. it's bullshit because apparently sharks do have a sensitivity to electro fields. So oh. in real life, this would not happen. Well, fuck me. That's yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. So zero out of four stars. Right. Pretty close. <laughs> uh, I love that. I love Sean's line when his dad comes to get him. They made me go with them. I thought that was really cute. Yeah, what a little fucker! <laughs> made me laugh. I know. <laughs> Listen, he he wants to he wants to go sell with his brother. Yeah. His brother says no. Don't be a cock block. He's like so he's brother's friend. Name. So hot chick. 
yeah. you know, it says, "Hey, you, you can you can sail with me, uh, young man." He knew and what then, he was doing, and that's going to fuel his wet dreams until he's like sixteen years old. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and then he blames his brother. Go fly a kite. Not impressed. Correct me. Not Crack impressed. My shit up. Younger siblings, those bastards. Right. So that's all I got. Anything uh, else from you? Honestly, no. Um, well, yeah. I, I, I have a few, a few more mess, uh, things I wrote down in an email here. Um, but uh, yeah, I was I'll be honest, I wasn't too enthused with this. Um, so apparently, during the end of the film, where they're all uh, you know uh, all caravan together, waiting to be saved by Brody. Um, there were claims that during one of the final scenes that uh, wrecked yachts were actually being circled by a real hammerhead shark. So the actors all freak really? out and the production crew uh, were filming at a distance and they thought by them acting like that, that they were ready to film the next scene. So they started, they started filming. Uh, but apparently there was a real shark in the water circling them during filming uh, of the end. Um, wow. And what's awesome, which it never dawned on me, but Jaws 2's main tagline is just when you thought it was safe to go back in the water. That's oh, been- Oh, I thought it was this time it's personal. No, I think that's four. I think oh. that's four. But yeah, so when just when you thought it was safe to go back in the water, um, that's been used or variations of that. It's been used in so many films and so many yeah. sequels. It really started nice. in Jaws 2, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, yeah, that is interesting. One thing that they were hoping to do for Jaws 2, the story we saw on screen is not what they originally hoped for for Jaws 2. Mm-hmm. Um, there was an early draft where it was about Quint and him being on the USS Indianapolis. Before the oh. torpedoes hit, and then dealing with the shark infested waters for Jaws 2. That would have been so fucking cool. Hell yeah. Um, wow. They could still do that today. They they totally could. Um, right. I would pay to see this. Uh, I'm surprised it hasn't been redone. Um, but that would have been a very cool sequel, which is unfortunate they did not film. Um, but apart from that, that's pretty much it. Um, yeah, I guess we can go to our final thoughts. Um, or I, I can start yeah. right now if you like. Um, yeah, dive I, in. I love the first Jaws film. Um, so I was expecting lesser than because it's a sequel, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was disappointed with Jaws 2. Um, I thought it was boring. The film is fucking boring and really doesn't pick up until the last 20, 25 minutes of the movie. Um, apart from that, it's, it's just human drama with the odd kill here and there. Um, I was checking my clock. I was looking forward to, to the film to end. Um, so that really bummed me out because I thought the the problem with this film is that there's nobody to work off of Brody's, uh, fear and PTSD. Um, you know, he's Mm kind of by himself on this one. Um, you know, the, the the town has shunned him. He's lost his job. Uh, only reason why he's in the water is because his kids are there. If his kids were not with the other teens, he wouldn't give a shit about them. Exactly. Or I, I think he would have, but to a lesser extent. Right, um, right. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just kind of bummed out. Um, I probably will never watch this again. Uh, mm-hmm. I would give this probably one and a half out of four stars. 
Yeah, so one and a half from Mark. So, yeah, Jaws 2, it just lacks a lot of what made Jaws such a timeless, classic film. It tries to rehash some of it, which honestly just doesn't work um, nearly as well. Brody and the kids were not nearly as memorable characters as um, Brody, Quint, and Hooper. Uh, it's a lot slower film than the first one, like you just mentioned. Uh, and though there are some decent set pieces, it just didn't have the same power of the original. It isn't that there's anything wrong with the movie necessarily. It's fine, you know? It just isn't as interesting. It isn't as memorable. And it's just not as engaging as the first one. It's just another forgettable shark film, unfortunately. So, I mean, still... That said, though, I mean, I think it's decent enough to warrant a viewing for fans of the first one, if not a repeat viewing. So I'm going to give Jaws 2 two out of four stars. So one and a half for Mark and two for me. All right. So that's going to do it for this week. So next episode, we are going to be reviewing 2014's Dead Snow 2 Red vs. Dead. I can't Make wait. Sure, I know. It should be a good one. Uh, so make sure you check out episode 120 for our thoughts on the first film if you missed it uh, the first time around. And also remember that as we announced on Instagram, so we are now moving to a bi-weekly schedule going forward. Um, if things start to settle down, we may try to switch back to a weekly at some point. But honestly, like I said, Bridget's like six weeks away from having a baby. So I don't think things are going to slow down anytime soon. Uh, we're, we'll keep you updated, though, as things go forward. Um, so that said, episode 134 is currently set to release on Monday, July 30th. And as always, you can reach out to us by finding Cinefessions on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook. You can email us at contact.cinefessions.com, or you can leave us a voicemail at 1-302-448-TALK. Plenty of ways to get a hold of us. Please don't be shy. Tell us what you think about the show. Uh, share any suggestions you might have for future arcs. Recommendations on single films we should re review during the week in media. Uh, books to read, graphic novels to buy, anything really. Don't be shy. We love interacting with you guys on social media whenever possible. So please reach out. Another reminder that if you do like what you're hearing, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, or wherever else it might be that you're listening to us. Those positive reviews help us reach a larger audience. So really appreciate your time to uh, leave us that review and to tell your friends about the show. And Mark, remind our listeners where else they can find you online. Oh, boy, it's been a while. Okay, so mm -hmm. you can catch me on Twitter at uh, Mark underscore Nadeau. That's M-A-R-C underscore N-A-D-E-A-U. And you can catch me on Letterboxd, which I'm uh, listing all my films with uh, star ratings. And on uh, Instagram at uh, mnadeau02. Fantastic. And you can find me on my personal Twitter feed uh, and on Letterboxd under Simon1. That's P-S-Y-M-I-N-1. Mark? Yes. It was great to be behind the saddle again. Thanks it, for joining me this week. It was. It was. I'm glad to, we had the chance to do it today. Absolutely. All right. So we want to say thank you to everyone for listening to episode 133 of the Cinefessions podcast. And remember, in film we trust. We'll catch you next time. Yeah.